Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast, a podcast helping people to understand their horses better, to provide solutions in a calm, connected way. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Hi, Mark. I hope you're enjoying WA and it's not raining bucket loads like it is here in New South Wales. Yeah, well, I've had, I've had some really good weather and uh, the last clinic actually, um, um, we always have an indoor hide, but uh, they had an outdoor there. So the weather was so nice and it was cool weather. So everyone over here has also had quite a bit of rainy weather. So um, they all wanted to be out in the sun. So it was nice. Uh, this clean, but uh, not a lot. Yeah, it's been nice over here. Bit of a change from the wet. That's great. You can enjoy the Australian winter. Um, Mark, I've got some questions this morning from our members. Um, the first one I'm going to hit you with is from Coral. She's got a fresh, fresh off the track pacer who's doing really well transitioning to riding. She'd like to know what exercises would you recommend for building balance and softness? So when Andy's um, not standies as in the breed, actually, I'm sorry, I don't want to be critical. Um, so, so standies that have raced, as in you know they've raced, you know. Um, the, the thing that you really sort of want to be working on with them is especially, and like all horses, but um, pull a cart. Uh, like if you ma- imagine sort of, you know, push starting someone's car so, or pushing someone out of a bog with a car. So when you, when you push eight, um, what you tend to want to do with your hind, with, with your legs is you want to push them back and you push like that. So with any horses that have done any harness racing or harness work, Sometimes you want to encourage them to sort of, you know, step through when they, when they, when they will. Something I do a lot of is, 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 you know, softening, uh, softening their hindquarter up and doing a lot of backups because um, um, <clears throat> you want to back them up to a stage that they actually um, put their hind feet right underneath them because some of those horses, they reach out a long way, out the, but they don't come through a long way when, when they put their foot on the ground. So, you know, you want to encourage them to do little exercises like good and good hind uh, you, you get the horse to walk around you, you get them to pick up in the wither, and then you get them to step over softly underneath their ribcage. Uh, from that sort of hindquarter yield, you might sort of turn that into a backup. So you go hindquarter yield, backup, hindquarter yield, backup. And that just gets them very confident on their hind that they're lifting up with their hind feet and instead of just uh, push, 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 uh, you know, moving forward, pushing, pushing weight. So it's important to do a lot of that. Um, I mean, there's, there's thousands of, you know, not thousands, but there's a lot of different exercises. But I think one of the ones you really want to work on is, um, is that, and when I say do hindquarter yields, I don't mean sort of just, you know, get a stick and chase their hindquarter around uh, so they're burying their inside front foot into the ground. Before you do those hindquarter yields, you kind of want the horses kind of leading softly around you that you can pick up, like so. Say, for, say for instance, if I was uh, the knot on that lead rope, I'd be picking it up, and and I can feel the horse kind of pick up and soften in the front feet a little bit. Uh, so they're softening, picking up their wither, and then I'll I'll put a little bend in them, uh, directing that bend. Once the horse is bent, directing that feel back towards it, loosen up and move the hindquarter over. So that hindquarter yield where you put a little bend in the feel of the lead and move them around is, is, is really good. But that the got to incorporate the sort of lift of the wither and the loosening of the front end. 
because uh, if you just did a sort of a, you know, move the hindquarter with them burying their front down, sort of, um, you know, it's a pathway to nowhere and it's not really going to help the horse at all. So that's a good start to get the, you know, balanced. And, and as I said, a hindquarter yield leads into a backup. So you do a little hindquarter yield and it could be a forward hindquarter yield, feet are crossing over in front of each other. And then, and then you can sort of just get them to, to back up a little and start to back up nice and soft. And, and the more confidence they get in the things like that, um, you know, the, the more they'll sort of put that hind foot on the ground for longer. And the other thing for, 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 for the horses that have harnessed and stuff like that is just, you know, following the feel of the rain into a turn and bending and stuff like that. Uh, not not just bending like lateral flexion where the horse bound and, and their whole body still sort of um, like straight and stuck, but the bending where the horse is kind of following the feel all the way around. So, yeah, just, just lots of turns like that where the horse is just turning and following a feel of the rain all the way around, backing up, moving the hind core. Um, and they're things I'd probably start on and working on um, and, and, and then sort of grow from that. Um, when, when you get when when you've got a bit and stuff like that, you might ask them to sort of really step into their turns a little bit, but that's a bit later on. I also had a look at our series on that uh, addressing brace and reducing brace. So that there, that 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 there, there is like one, that little particular horse was quite bracy because it's funny. I have some 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 ex harness horses come through and they and they're actually bracy, but they're sort of fairly limber. And, uh, but he was a very uh, particularly brace or very rigid and and some of his rigidity was 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 the level of anxiety he carried um where uh, like there's there's one of the clinic that i'm doing at the moment is uh, a lot looser and, and and can really flow and move but but it doesn't have that level of anxiety that um you know that bracing rigidity in them so yeah it really goes back to just the individual horse doesn't it as well yes yeah, sure Okay, and the next question, Mark, is from Megan. She is doing some working equitation and she'd like to know how to teach her horse to slide pass. She has to do it along a pole for working equitation and she needs to use it also with a movement when they're approaching a gate, side on to open it. Uh, walking a horse lat laterally sideways. I, I, I won't go into it in the detail of getting a horse to sort of start to sort of look in the direction of travel and sort of, you know, move its time and, and really bend in the direction of travel and uh, walk sideways um, in a sort of half-pass or side-pass manner where the horse is really sort of shaped dressage way. Uh, I'm going to treat it as a basic leg yield where the horse is just sort of moving, you know, to move across poles, like you said, uh, moving eight. Um, so the way I like to teach it, um, and, and, and some people that, you know, in the early days until I explained, uh, they, they may have left my, you know, they might have fenced at one of my clinics and left, left after one day and said, oh, you know, Mark doesn't use legs. And, and it's, it's funny, um, I do use legs. I use legs for different things, and one of those things will be uh, a leg yield. But um, I, I like to teach first, and, and, um, and, and so, so basically, um, to get the horse to sort of soften hindquarter, one of the first things that sort of like I'm trying to do 
Um, so our first thing's in the under saddle part of it, um, which you can do on the, I'm going to talk about it on the saddle, um, is we're going to get, you know, teach our horses to softly follow the feel of the inside rein. Uh, and it's not the leading inside rein, the, the, the inside rein, which is a, an indirect inside rein where the, where the rein comes into the belly button and might lift up a little, but it doesn't sort of cross over strong. It just lifts up and the horse kind of relaxes and releases its hindquarter. So how it releases that hindquarter is it sort of thinks softly into the inside rein. Um, it sort of it loses that outside thought because sometimes, you know, they're pushing and thinking through that outside eye and leaning out through their shoulder. So uh, I want the horse side around, around, uh, around softly where they're just following softly to the inside rein. Uh, and then when we lift it up, uh, the horse wants to rebalance uh, by rebalancing through its hindquarter. And it just steps over and softly. And once that's established, that's like a pathway to the hindquarters. So we put rain softly, the horse just relaxes and moves its hindquarter over. Uh, because in balance with the rein. Um, and that's when the horse is bent to the moving its hindquarter to the right. And over time, it gets better and better that the horse doesn't have to bend a long way if you didn't want it to. Um, and once established, that's got, you, you know, the horse knows how to move its hindquarter. And if you've got the open rein established where you lift and open a rein, the horse will just look and follow and reach out and then move the shoulders over. Okay, so... Once the, you can separate the front and the back through the reins and the horse is comfortable with that, then you all you've really got to do is teach a horse to think sideways. So you can do that in the reins. Um, so that's where you might sort of pick up an indirect rein and then you'll open the other rein a little bit. And when the horse is walking forward, you'll pick up that sort of position and the horse will know that, uh, you know, okay, if you pick up the horse nose to rebalance the hindquarter. If you open up a little, the forequarter will come through and the horse sort of travels sideways. So that's the way I teach it through the rein, get to a stage that you can just sort of put the reins down and move the horse over uh, off your leg. Um, so if you've sideways already established, and that's what I'd rather do, that's my preferred way of doing it because if we don't have that sideways established in the reins, what we end up sometimes blocking the horse with the reins and just pushing the leg on and moving it across. And more and more, the, the more and more I end the reins and the more I delve into brace, the less and less I want to put a block on my horse. So I don't want to always block the horse. I want the reins to guide the horse. So that's why I discourage going straight for the legs and just putting a horse on a fence or blocking it with the reins and saying shove it uh, because we're adding also too much energy into the horse and then having to block it all. So I like the horse balanced in the reins. So to go back to the question is, you know, what you're wanting is just a side past the horse, or like leg yielded across a log or up to a gate. Um, and, and when you go up, sometimes you're messing around and you've got one hand and and in working equitation, the more advanced you get, you're going to go to the one-handed riding. So you want to the horse that it, it can yield off your leg very softly. So um, what I'll be looking at is once that sideways is established, I just talked about, is I would then say, okay, I want the hindquarter to move. So I'm going to put my leg back a little bit, just add a little feel on my leg, and I'm going to pick up. Uh, well, 
nearly pick up the rein that moves the hip over the, the indirect rein. I'm going to put my leg back. And as I feel a little bit of energy come into my horse as that leg starts to push on, and that leg is just one leg back a little bit where you want the hip to move over, um, then when the horse kind of pushes forward a little or anything, I just pick up the indirect rein and then the horse will just step over because it knows that the indirect rein quarter over. And then you just repeat that. You put, you put the leg on, you pick up the indirect rein, the horse moves his hip over. And that teaches them to just yield off that leg a little bit. Um, and what will happen is you'll get to a stage that you'll, every time you do that little movement, you'll put less rein on, less rein on, less pull. The horse starts to say, okay, one leg back means move off the, off the leg. And you can do that on the ground as well. And you can get a horse to a stage that can offer a specific feel of the leg, uh, of your hand or anything like that or you know off the off the hip that's a lot of things you can do on the ground but i find doing it in that order what happens is um the horse knows how to move the hind quarter and have to bump and get big and get it to move away from undesirable pressure you just add that leg put a little feel in it and then you pick up the rein the horse knows how to move over and two together so the horse eventually knows that one leg on move across so basically that's the way you start to get a horse to move sideways off a leg. So then you can change the legs. So there's sort of like, you know, the, a position which is more in the middle, just behind the girth, and you can start to sort of use that leg, put that leg on over. So, but once a horse can move its hip, then I might open the rein and say move the shoulder over. And uh, then I'll get, get to a actually pick up the rein position, ask the horse to go sideways, and I'll add a leg in the middle and the horse will just move over. With one leg on, the other leg will be open. I'll just sit straight on those sort of fancy seat positions just to move off a leg, move over. Um, and then you'll get to a stage that, you know, you'll open up a leg, you'll, you'll close a leg, and the horse will move into that open space and soften and move into that open space and soften. But as I say, you've taught the horse that through the reins first so you don't end up like just pushing hard and blocking a lot of energy because you've never, you know, taught the horse balance in the reins. But, yeah, once you get to that stage, you can just sort of, you know, lift the weight of the rein up, put a leg on, horse moves over, and it's simple. It's simple. I somehow feel that it would be a little bit more than just simple, but that sounds uh, great, a lot of detail. Thank you very much. So the third question, Mark, for today, um, and the final one is from Holly, and it's a bit of a different question for you. Um, she has been... Uh, working with her gelding using a slightly different technique and very similar principles to and in style to you so calm grounded mindful of body language as well as horses but she'd like to know is it possible do you think to use two different training techniques or is it better to stick with one she does say her horse is very dominant confident desensitized and anxious and they spend a lot of time on relaxation she doesn't want to confuse her horse and she was thinking that maybe she should just stick with one training technique for three or four months but was wondering what your thoughts were there's an answer and there's no answer to that question um it's an interesting subject and uh I get this question asked a lot because uh, sometimes I get people that have been trying one sort of technique and they come to my clinic and they go, well, gee, you know, how do I blend this? And I'm things. It's not like you can mix two things together and it works. 
And I think some people that I've had over the years that have come to clinics and, and worked with me and then they've tried to mix it with what they already do, what they already do are conflicting with what I'm trying to ask them to do. Um, so the way I try and get people to look at it, because I really like, because I, I like, I can't all the time and some people go back to instructors and there's some things that, that those instructors are doing that the person is not so comfortable with, but there's other things where that instructor is really helping them. And, and, they, and they sometimes ask me, how do I work with this where, you know, and I say, well, you've got to take what, what you're getting from that particular method or instructor that works and then, you know, there's some things that I'll teach you that work. And, and how you, I think, sometimes is, you know, say, for instance, now I'm, I'm not, you know, it's hard when you talk about, as I see, there's a lot of different ideas and there's different techniques and stuff. And, and I don't ever think there's, you know, one method versus another method. There's a few things that are, that are very, you know, stark contrast. Like, you know, I, I drive horses or I direct horses. That's like stark contract driving would be i point and add my energy into the horse and i don't I'm with this and i don't regard where the horse's thoughts are i just want to move away from pressure so focused on the pressure directing would be i want to get that horse to think about what it's doing i want it to think in the direction of travel i want it to travel um soft having made that decision in the direction of travel um so you know if someone's trying to juggle one instructor, another instructor, and one's telling them, one's telling them to direct. Well, there's going to be a real conflict in the horse, so I wouldn't I wouldn't mesh the two together. But um, but what you're saying, station and stuff like that, and and there's a lot of stuff in what I'm doing that obviously you're seeing is very you know um, beneficial for what you're similar. But there's also things I'm going to say that hey, I'd try this differently, and I think you need to add a little anxiety into the equation because that's where your horse struggle pressure but that's a whole nother subject um but going back to the original question is can you or can't you or um say to everybody is okay let's simplify it okay once upon a time if i wanted a horse to do a certain thing i knew this way and this way to do it and then over the years I still remember this way and this way, about this way and that way. So from those two ways, I suddenly had four options. And with those four options, one of those ones I could scrub out. So I'd scrub out that bad option because that option was the one that was clearly on horses, was not working very well. And it never ended up that good, but it was the only thing I knew once upon a time. So as I gained more knowledge, I'd scrub out the worst thing or the things. So, so I'd bring with something better. Um, so what you've got to look at is when you're working horses is it's not, you know, one versus the other. It's I've learned five things and these five things I can scrub out one of those because that's a bad way of doing it. Now I've learned this way. It's more effective. It's better for the horse and all that sort of thing. And I think that's all you're ever doing all the time. It's not one method versus the other. It's like working out one extra thing if you can scrub a bad thing out because some things, you know, you know, that's why I say I do it like this and not like this, not because I've never done it like that. It's because 
I've decided to scrub it out um, because um, I found a more effective way or I, or I had a deeper understanding of what I and how the horse was to feel about what it was doing, so I chose a different way. So as you learn, you'll figure out how to do that and opposed to, like, you know, trying to mesh all these methods together. It's just there's, there's only so many ways you can do something and some of those ways are going to be good, some are going to be good, and figuring out how to sort of turf out the ones that aren't so good and take on the good ones. And, and I think I'd see it like that all the time. And I guess it's really important that as, you, as you're working and you come up with questions in your mind, you know, um, if you're unsure about something, this is where you can hit us with a question and, you know, and hit Mark up and, you know, really sort of um, yes. explain um, things. So, like, for, for example, you just uh, mentioned um, a bit of a, a seed there for me, um, which I'd like to bring touch on another day, which is, well, well, why do we need to add anxiety in our training? We won't go into that now, but I think that's a really good subject that we could cover at another day. And also it'd be really good, Mark, to talk to you properly about how your training techniques are different from other approaches and really nut it out, not in a critical way to other trainers, but just on a, you know, factual, this is what you do and this is how it's different and why. I think that'd be fascinating. So if anyone's got any thoughts on that, um, definitely leave a comment at the end of this podcast, drop us an email, send us a message, and um, we'll hit Mark up with some, some, um, some questions based around that very soon. All right. Thanks very much, Mark. I can hear some background noises there. So I think you are expected at dinner. You better go and join the other um, Mark's obviously um, in the middle of a clinic right now. Uh, not in the middle of a clinic, but he's teaching, uh, has been teaching today and is teaching tomorrow. So we'll let him go. Thank you very much for your time, Mark. And we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, buddy. You can learn more from Mark online through his online training videos. Just search Mark Langley Horsemanship. There's over 380 training videos which everyone has access to with a seven-day free trial. If you like what you see, it's just $15 a month from there. That's help where you need it.